Hey everyone, uh, Jason Klein here. I'm the senior minister here at Refocus Christian Church, uh, located in Fallonsby, West Virginia. I just want to say uh, thank you so much for listening to our content. Uh, feel free to share or like or leave any comments you have. Uh, we're always looking to engage with people. Uh, what are some questions you have? What are some things that you might be learning? Uh, and at the same time, if you want to know more about us, check us out at refocuschurch.com, uh, which also has a link to our Facebook there. Uh, and so it just has uh, upcoming events, things that are going on, uh, sermon series that we're in. Uh, so once again, thanks for being a part of this. Thank you for listening in. And as always, please feel free to share and comment or like, because uh, we want to make sure that we're trying to reach as many people possible uh, with the good news of Jesus Christ. All right. Have a great day. everyone. <clears throat> good afternoon. Actually, good morning or good evening whenever you're listening to this. Hey, I just want to get on here and uh, I appreciate everyone who's been following along uh, with their sermon series. Uh, you'll notice a lot of the podcasts recently have been that. Uh, really excited. Uh, some of you know that I uh, was lived up in Columbus for a while and now live in West Virginia, uh, but don't worry the name the podcast is going to stay the same because I still consider myself uh, from Ohio, born and raised pretty much my whole life. And just, it's been an honor. It's been really neat actually to kind of get back and being part of a church. Uh, I know I was up in Columbus and I worked at a church for a little while and I was part of two church plants and uh, COVID hit and things got crazy and it's just really neat to kind of be back and to see how God is uh, working and using us. And actually, uh, I ended up back at the church, uh, the first church that I ever worked at in Fallsby, West Virginia. Uh, I'm their senior minister now, but a little more than nine years ago, I was their youth minister for about four years. <clears throat> so it's kind of neat to be back in the area. Uh, I grew up in Steubenville, Ohio, uh, pretty much my whole life. So a lot of family from there went to Big Red, all of those fun things in case anyone from Ohio is listening. Um, but one of the things that I, I've been noticing over the last couple of weeks and probably a couple of months, uh, we've been focusing on, we're starting, we did a couple series focused on, on the church in general, you know, kind of like bigger picture, uh, what should the church do? How should the church operate? Um, what's the expectation? What is God asking us to do? All of those things, you know, all of those things. Uh, and they're really important questions to ask, right? And uh, we believe uh, at Refocus Church here in Fallsby, West Virginia, that the purpose of, of us is to help, uh, our purpose is to help refocus people on Jesus. So we, we do that by loving on the community. We do that by loving the people around us. Uh, we do that by uh, making sure that we're teaching uh, what the Bible says about different topics, encouraging people. Uh, we're going to be starting small groups here in the fall to encourage that kind of community involvement and, and being together and that support. Um, and so like all of those things are important. As we've coming out of the next, the last two years, uh, it's we really just want to encourage people to kind of, it's in the name, right? Refocus their life and refocus what their purpose is. Um, however, here's what I've noticed. We, we did that series and it was really great. Uh, there's a couple series and now we, uh, started a, a kind of an inward focus. So the last, uh, two sermons have been about, 
getting back to it. So from a, a, a personal level, what does it mean to get back into that relationship with who Jesus uh, wants you to be? Uh, what does it mean to kind of refocus your life on him and, and you know, saying, listen, God, I'm all in. Uh, I, I'm here. I want to be a part of the, the plan and the process. I want to be part of a church. And so we've been looking at that in, in the next couple series, actually, um, are going to be focused on that. So we have a series coming up called Rhythms, and it's just about that, uh, getting your life back in the rhythm with what God wants you to do. Uh, we have a series called Trust the Process, which is, it's in the name. It's all about trusting what Jesus and, and God is doing in your life and how he's working and all of those things. And so the one thing that I've noticed <clears throat> pretty consistently over the last couple of weeks, especially as we as we've turned kind of an inward focus is man there are there are so many distractions out there there are so many things that are pulling for our attention and our time and our focus um and so that that's kind of what I'm going to talk about this morning is is that idea of of not allowing yourself to be distracted um, and, and the reason why I think that's so important is because I think from my personal experience and just what I see uh, in the Bible that one of the things Satan tries to do the most is is distract people. <clears throat> it's not that he he doesn't always inadvertently like attack us, right? He doesn't always come right at us. And sometimes he does, but a lot of times it's, it's just a matter of can he shift your focus away from God onto something else? So, like money. Money is a big one, right? I know a lot of people who are convinced that if they can just have a little bit more money, they'll be content. And and the reality is, is, is that hardly ever actually happens. Wanting things and trying to pursue and... You know, gain items and <clears throat> bigger houses, bigger cars, better job. Like those things aren't necessarily bad in and of themselves, but but they're a distraction from from what really matters. You know, a lot of that stuff uh, it takes away from family time. It takes away from um, you know being able to serve and help and make a difference. I mean, just most people that I know that make a lot of money and they work a ton, uh, and that that's their whole life. But but we're convinced for whatever reason we're convinced that especially living in this uh, the American culture that we just have to have more things. I mean it's everywhere. There's ads, there's commercials, there's always the new and the best and the updated and uh, all of it, right? I mean it's just, it's constantly there, constantly coming at us. It's constantly distracting us. Um, sometimes when we're when we're trying to inward focus on ourselves and, and we're trying to to grow and <clears throat> excuse me we're trying to, to to really better our lives i mean we can be distracted by relationships sometimes we're part of relationships that are unhealthy you know we just we don't want to talk about it when someone brings it up we find ourselves offended or we're distracted by the next big thing, the next big offensive cancel culture or whatever you want to call it focus. It just it, it takes our our mind off of what really matters. Or you know, <clears throat> the next medical thing. 
Um, listen, I, I'm not underplaying what happened over the last couple of years by any means. You know, my family and all of us, you know, believed in, you know, getting vaccines and all of those things and taking precautions. And I, I have, I have little kids, man. I, I had to do what I, I felt was best to protect them. But now it's like every day it's like, you know, when's the next one coming? What's the next big thing that's going to derail, you know, life? Um, sometimes we're distracted by things that can be good for us. You know, sometimes we are distracted by a better job. Sometimes uh, for those of us who are homeowners, you know, we can, our house can become a distraction. We spend so much time and energy and, and money trying to make it look good and invest it. We can be distracted by sports, you know, playing them, watching them. I mean, it's just, there's so many things in life that, that can be good and bad, but a lot of times they just, they really take the focus off what really matters. And it's interesting because Jesus wasn't unaware of this. He, it's not like he was like surprised when, when people, were distracted. If anything, he, he actually teaches this uh, in the book of, of Matthew. Jesus tells a, a parable. <clears throat> These are just stories that Jesus would tell that that always had a, a deeper meaning to them. And so I'm going to read the the parable of the sower from Matthew chapter 13, uh, verses 1 through 23. So that same day, Jesus went out to the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowd. Crowds gathered around him, so that he got into a boat and he sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach, and he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up, and it choked them. And other seeds fell on good soil, and it produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Who has ears, let him hear. And it's interesting that he's talking about farming. I mean, culturally, it made sense to, to discuss farming. Uh, and it's interesting that when he talks about the good seeds landing on good soil, producing a hundredfold and some sixty and some thirty, because at the time that would have that would have been phenomenal crop yield. I mean, the the soil in that area was was not great where he was. Uh, it was hard to be a farmer. It, sometimes you barely made enough to feed your family, let alone make enough to make a profit. So when he, when he makes the statement of a hundredfold, I guarantee you ears were perking up. They were listening. And so we're going to jump ahead now to, to 18, uh, verse 18. It says, Hear then the parable of the sower. And this is Jesus explaining to them what it means. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. That is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet it has no root in itself, but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arise on account of the word, immediately he falls away. 
As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but he cares. But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. And as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, another sixty, and another thirty. When Jesus talks about three different things, that, that are four different things that are happening here. You know, the, the initial seeds land and they don't take root and have an opportunity. They just disappear. But the, the second and, and the third seeds, they they find themselves and they, they start to take root, but, but they're distracted. You know, the, the second one uh, says that the seed falls and they immediately receive it, <clears throat> but because it has no real root... It only really can stand for a while, and then eventually it, it falls away. The third one, it falls among thorns, and it grows, and it starts to sprout, but, but it finds itself distracted by the world, and it loses it, and it eventually falls away the same. Right there, There's this idea, and, and it's tragic, but one of... One of the greatest things that the Satan uses against us is is distraction. I see this all the time in the church. I remember one time uh, I was preaching and um, there was a an object lesson that I used uh, in order to kind of get the, a point across. And I misquoted someone, which, listen, it happens. I went back, I think, the next Sunday and fixed it. But I, I misquoted someone and what they said. And it was like someone famous to no one that I know. And afterwards, uh, there was a certain person who came up to me after I was done. And that's all they could talk about. All they could talk about was how I misquoted and that wasn't right and I said do my research better and just I mean they just kind of went on and on and when I asked them what they got from you know the rest of the message there there was like silence because they they had allowed themselves to be so focused on that one part that they just stopped paying attention to everything else I mean that that's exactly what Satan loves to do. <clears throat> Anytime he can he can refocus your energy or distract you or get you off mission or anything he can do to get in the way. Right? I, I see this in, in people's lives, including my own. You know, life's going along great, you feel like you're on fire, you're doing the right thing. And then all of a sudden your house starts to fall apart. It's a distraction. Or life's going good. I feel like you're moving in the right direction. You know, you're you're giving God your attention and focus and time and, and all of a sudden you lose your job or finances get hard. You know, churches are <clears throat> moving along great. Lots of momentum, lots of things happening, lots of growth, lots of change. Then all of a sudden, there arises from within the ranks a division. 
You know, there's there's a group of people that are divided and fighting and arguing over something that quite literally is probably irrelevant. But but anything he can do, anything Satan can do to get us distracted, he'll do it. He'll use your kids, he'll use your family, he'll use your money, he'll use your job, he'll use your friendships, your relationships, <clears throat> even in the church. Anything he can do to just get in the way of what God is asking us to do. Anything that'll get in the way of you fulfilling the mission that you've been called to. He'll throw it at you. I I can tell you for a fact that I I have to sometimes sit back and, and just and refocus myself because I I allow I allow pettiness to creep in. Right, someone says something about a sermon that I said, or you know, they question uh, why I used a certain thing, and and my initial reaction is, who are you? Who who are you to to stand there and and write like that? That is that is the complete opposite reaction. But but my human side is I get distracted, and and all of a sudden I start to take it personal, and and all of a sudden I have a problem with this person, and the reality is it's not them I have an issue with. But I make it about that. I make it about them. I make it about what they think, and and I allow myself to see them differently, and, and I shouldn't. It's not it's not what I'm supposed to be doing. Or we we decide to go a certain direction in the church, and there's a handful of people that may not agree, and and all of a sudden the human side of me wants to like, you know, who are they? Why? How dare they? But I said it's not about that. It's not about them. the The mission that I've been called to is not about um, that kind of division or that kind of. Uh, Choosing not to be focused. It, it's about winning people to Jesus. And it's about loving people like Jesus. And it's about calling people to be like Jesus. That That's my purpose. That That's the plan. That's what every single one of us is called to do. But sometimes we allow everything else to get in the way. Sports, man, I... I grew up playing sports. I wrestled and I did football and I did baseball when I was really young. My oldest right now is in wrestling. And, and listen, I'm excited for him to do that. But sometimes sports can be a distraction. It can get in the way of what we're supposed to be doing. Watching them, playing them, participating. And Listen, these things aren't bad. It's just if we're not careful... They can get in the way of what really matters. And I think that especially as we continue to try to focus on ourselves and and calling people back into that relationship with Jesus and, and calling ourselves back into reading the Bible and spending time in prayer and, and really kind of putting Jesus at, at the forefront and, and you know of our lives and what we do and how we act and all the things we say, when we start to do that, that's that's when Satan really wants to distract us. He would love nothing more than to make you feel like God can't take care of you. He would like 
nothing more than to make you feel like your whole world is falling apart every single day. Satan would love nothing more than to create unnecessary division in the church because there's no way a church can focus on the world around it and bringing people to Jesus if it's fighting inside all the time. He would love nothing more than to distract you from the message uh, that your minister, your preacher is teaching and instead of allowing you to consume it and grow and be challenged, he would love nothing more than to refocus all of your time, energy, money, purpose on anything but Jesus. Because that's what he does. That's who he is. And I've said it before, he, he quite literally wants to watch the world burn. And if he can create enough division, enough strife, enough distractions, then he's going to win. But but here's the thing, is, is he's not going to win. He thinks he's going to win. He's already lost. He just hasn't accepted that yet. Kind of like when you're, you know, fourth quarter, losing by three or four touchdowns, one minute left on the clock, and you still play as best you can. He's not going to win. He's not going to overcome those odds. But if he can distract you long enough, if he can get in your head, if he can convince you that that you're not good enough, that you're not right enough, that, you know, that church is messed up. Why would you? That's what he does. For those of us in the church, it, he causes infighting all the time. It's what he wants to do. That He wants to create that division and that strife. For for people outside the church, he, he, he spends his day convincing them they'll never be good enough for Jesus. And it's because he's a coward. He's a coward who, who will not win, who has not won, who has no real authority other than what's been allotted to him, but he will spend his day doing everything he can to get you to focus on anything but God. And all I can say is don't let him do it. Stay in the word, stay reading, stay praying, stay involved in church and that community that you're part of. Don't allow Satan to convince you otherwise. Life is going to be hard. It's going to come with challenges. There are things that you and I will go through that will not always make sense. But if we can just stay focused on God, stay focused on what he's doing, stay focused on what he's done, stay focused on him, it'll it'll work itself out. Listen, it doesn't mean that we don't allow things to bother us it doesn't mean that we don't worry it doesn't mean we don't have fear that we're afraid it listen when life hits you hard and hits you like a truck feel it feel every moment of it you know i I love reading through the psalms simply because of that it that emotion and, and those those books are so raw because they they were dealing with so many things, good and bad, and and they they were able to to process it. So process it by all means, process it, but don't let it distract you from what matters. Don't let it distract you from the one who saved you. Don't let it distract you from the one who's fighting on your behalf. Don't let it distract you from the one who loves you beyond measure. Don't don't allow anything to take that away from you. 
Because that is exactly what Satan wants to do. Anything he can to get in the way. Anything he can do to take the focus off of God, he's going to do it every time. Because that's what he does. That's who he is. That's what he knows. Because he knows, like I think a lot of us know, that when you really, truly give your life to God, when you really, truly stay focused, you realize things are going to be okay. You realize that that God has a plan. You realize that God has a, a purpose You realize that God loves you, that he cares about you, that he wants to make a a difference in your life, and that he will. Don't get distracted. Don't let him, don't let Satan convince you of anything else other than the fact that that the truth, right? Hold on to this truth for the rest of your life, that you are a son or daughter of God, and you are deeply and dearly loved. And you have a father who is on your side, who is fighting with you, alongside you, in front of you every step of the way. And no matter what is happening, no matter how bad things are, no matter how bad things feel, no matter how much chaos is in your life, God is not unaware. He has not forgotten you. He has not abandoned you. He's not going to leave you. It's completely against him. All those things that you feel, uh, those negative things, it's not of God. That's Satan just trying to convince you to stop paying attention. Don't do it. Don't give in. Don't let him distract you. Stay the course. Stay on mission. Stay focused on Jesus and watch what happens. All right. That's my thoughts for today. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day and uh, as always feel free to comment questions concerns anything like that man i always love to engage people uh so yeah i'll talk to you guys later bye hey everyone thanks so much for checking out this week's podcast hey if you want to learn more about our church check us out at refocuschurch.com or look us up on facebook at refocus christian church we're located in Fallonby, West Virginia. Uh, we'd love to have you and your family out. Come check out and see what God is doing on our people, in our community, in our church. All right, later.